heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Hey folks, Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and tampabay.com welcoming you back to the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, here we are with our fourth week and uh, starting things up with episode 16 here. Uh, we have a game to wrap up, so lots to talk about. Uh, Bucks were in Jacksonville on Saturday night. Uh, playing the Jaguars came away with a 27-21 victory. Uh, lots to talk about there. I uh, do want to mention early in the podcast, we certainly want to hear from you guys. Uh, the more interactive the podcast, the better. So you're always welcome to shoot me an email at LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Uh, we welcome your feedback on Twitter as well. We have our own podcast uh, Twitter account, at LockedOnBucks. Uh, very close. We wanted 100 followers by the Jaguars game on Saturday night. Got to 97, so thank you guys who have signed up on there, who are following us there. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter, at Greg Allman. That's G-R-E-G. A-U-M-A-N. Again, love to have the feedback from you guys. I also want to ask you guys, while I have uh, feedback on my mind, we are uploading things a little bit later uh, than usual. Um, so I want to ask you guys, I'm curious just to hear back from some of you that have time, uh, when you're listening to the podcast, is this a morning commute thing for you? Is this something you're listening to in your lunch hour? Uh, do you have a job where you can kind of sneak in the earphones and listen while you're <clears throat> working in the morning? Uh, very curious to hear when you're listening. I, I have tried to get this thing up kind of overnight, if you will, and have it available to you guys uh, early in the morning. Uh, my wife last night was trying to sell me on waiting till I get the kids out the door uh, for school in the morning and then uploading the podcast in between like 8 and 9 o'clock. But I do worry that I'm kind of losing my morning commuters there. So I begrudgingly did that today, uh, but worried that I'm better just uh, kind of biting the bullet and uh, recording overnight before I go to bed, so you guys have it first thing in the morning. Anyway, uh, lots to talk about from Jacksonville. Uh, the Bucks do get a 27-21 victory. The cool thing about preseason games is it's never really cut and dried what is good, what is bad. Uh, so while the Bucks do win 27-21, uh, they were down 14-7 when Jacksonville pulled its starters off the field. Uh, Blake Bortles, I thought, had a very good game. Led them on two touchdown drives. Uh, Buccaneers didn't have nearly the terrible start they had in the first five minutes of the Eagles game, uh, but still looked rough coming out the gates. Uh, James Winston, in particular, missed his first six passes. Uh, the sixth was an interception. Not necessarily his fault, but an interception that uh, led to the Jaguars getting their first touchdown. Um, Winston probably needs to be a little bit sharper coming out of the gates, as we could have said last year. Uh, but at the same time, I felt like the Bucks did a much better job running the ball. Uh, had only 31 rushing yards in that first game against the Eagles. And just had a much more concerted uh, commitment to the run, if you will, against the Jaguars. They finished with 158 rushing yards on 44 carries. Literally double the rushing yards the Jaguars had. Uh, no huge runs. No one, I would say, had an amazing game. Uh, but you had a little bit of everybody involved, and they do this, again, with Doug Martin not playing. They kind of held Doug out with a uh, with a, a ribs injury that uh, they're not too worried about. But again, enough so they took him out. I don't think you'll see too much of Doug Martin or Charles Sims in these last two preseason games just because they want to make sure they're healthy. Um, one thing I want to get to right away is the backup running, running backs uh, and, and that battle there for the number three job. Uh, the two names that we'll start with are uh, Mike James... And Peyton Barber, Mike James, of course, a fourth-year back. You guys remember him from playing so well as a rookie in 13. Uh, didn't make the squad last year. Uh, I thought Mike James looked pretty good. Uh, Dirk 
Dirk certainly mentioned Dirk Cutter said he thought uh, he showed what he is as a reliable running back. Um, numbers aren't anything great. Six carries for 17 yards. But he did catch a touchdown pass. Was kind of there for a check down when Jameis needed it at the goal line. Uh, Peyton Barber probably a little bit better. Had 11 carries for 40 yards. Uh, also had a catch for 10 yards in there. Uh, so those two seem to have separated themselves. You know, we, we saw a good third quarter effort from Storm Johnson, the kid from UCF who also had played for the Jaguars, so got to go against his old team. Storm basically had one drive, uh, certainly made the most of it, rushed for, I think, 29 yards in the drive, caught passes for 28 yards, uh, closed the drive with a, a touchdown, a one-yard touchdown. Uh, but again, if, if you're not getting into the game until the third quarter in the preseason, you're on the outside looking in. Um, so I think what he did against the Jaguars will probably get Storm in the game a little bit earlier Friday night against the Browns. I still think that's a lot to overcome for him to be the guy that, that makes this uh, makes this team. Um, and if he's on the outside looking in, then Russell Hansborough probably is as well. Russell actually had two nice tackles on punt coverage, uh, but again, just kind of had ordinary numbers, seven carries for 17 yards, uh, one catch for four yards. So seeing some separation there. If you weren't clear already, uh, there's definitely a pecking order to see James and Barber now, definitely the two guys in best position to get that third running back job. Was very impressed to see four interceptions. One of the things we wrote about leading into the game was that the Bucks had to win the turnover battle, had been negative four in the turnover margin in the Eagles game. Uh, four picks, three of them by rookies. Vernon Hargraves had two, uh, kind of bookended halftime, had one right before halftime that led to a field goal as time expired, and then had a nice uh, sliding interception there on the first possession of the third quarter. Uh, so very impressed to see uh, to see Vernon Hargraves kind of making good on that reputation he had of being a ball hawk, being a guy with a knack for being around the ball. Uh, I think Hargraves only played, I want to say 17? Yeah, 17 plays. Uh, so to come away with two interceptions in those 17 plays was very strong. Uh, Ryan Smith, the rookie from NC Central, who we really have not seen very much from in the preseason, also had a pick, kind of a clincher, if you will. Uh, Bucks were up six and the Jaguars were trying to get something going had a fourth and ten there with maybe two minutes to go and Ryan Smith got the pick to uh clinch clinch the win and Jonathan Banks uh, another guy who again probably uh not in good shape right now after two games uh battling for a backup job after being a starter here but Banks did have a nice pick uh was just in the right position at the right time uh had the quarterback throw it right at him and made a nice play to get an interception there uh as the defense was trying to hold on in the second half uh, other things we want to talk about, and we talked about Hargraves being uh, a pleasant surprise as a high-round rookie. Uh, Roberto Aguayo, the Bucks uh, rookie kicker from Florida State, their second-round pick, uh, missed two more kicks. Uh, first drive, the Bucks get some help with Jaguars penalties, go all the way down the field, uh, line up for what should be a very makeable field goal at 32 yards, shorter than an extra point, uh, and Aguayo sends it wide right. Uh, and then later, they lined him up for a much longer kick, a 49-yarder. Uh, missed that as well. Uh, Aguayo did go 3-for-3 three three on extra points. Did end up getting two field goals, one near the end, to kind of help uh, add a cushion to their lead. Uh, but missed an extra point a week ago in the Eagles game. So very much a concern to see somebody they're relying on so uh, completely. There's no other kickers in camp. There's, there's nobody else that's going to take this job. He's going to be their opening day kicker. Uh, so to see that inconsistency lingering right now, uh, Roberto himself talked to him after the game in Jacksonville. Uh, he said, it shouldn't happen with me. Uh, I think he understands that he has to be better, has to be absolutely reliable on those makeable kicks. The big 
the big thing you kept hearing about him in the draft was that he did not miss a kick in college under 40 yards. Like 49 for 49 on on field goals, uh, perfect on extra points. Uh, So I think fans certainly, at the very minimum, to have a kicker in the second round expected that. Expected every makeable kick to go through the uprights. uh, And then we'll kind of wait and see what he does on the the 50-yarders, that kind of thing. But uh, two more games, two more weeks for Aguayo to sort through what he's dealing with. Uh, Dirk Cutter was pretty frank in saying that he doesn't know what's wrong with Aguayo. He's, he's got an offensive background. If the quarterback's got issues, he can probably tell you what's going wrong. Uh, but he doesn't know what to do. He said right now with Aguayo, he, he kind of yells at him, swears sometimes. Uh, so Nate Caxer, the special teams coordinator, he certainly has uh, a much more hands-on role, uh, both physically and mentally, just to get Aguayo uh, comfortable. Here's a guy that, that should not be lacking for confidence, was a Groza Award winner, was an All-American in college, uh, was certainly drafted high enough to have confidence in himself. So he's just got to sort that out. Two more weeks. Um, this could be nothing. This could be something we don't talk about again. Uh, but if it does continue, you've got this awkward position where they're not going to give up on a second-round draft pick. Uh, but you know, most positions, you can kind of cut back on a guy's reps. You can make him a backup. Uh, kicker, they're going to carry one. So chances are uh, they have to ride things out with him and hope that he just turns things around here in a hurry. Um, so those are some of the main things we're, we're coming out of that game with from uh, from Saturday night. Third down, something else I want to talk about. I felt like the defense uh, did a good job for the most part. Jaguars finished with, uh, I don't know, just over 200 yards, I think, 200 total yards. Um, you know, second week in a row, they've kind of kept an opponent in check. Uh, 209 total yards for Jacksonville. Uh, but I do feel like their first unit was able to move the ball pretty well. Blake Bortles, 8 of 11 for 85 yards and two touchdowns. You know, early on last week, we would have said that the defense only gave up points after turnovers, two short touchdowns after fumbles early in the Eagles game. Uh, but then in this, you know, first half of this game, starters in on both sides, uh, Jaguars went down the field for an 80-yard touchdown drive. Blake Bortles converted three third downs. Uh, you look at the game as a whole, I think the Jaguars were 5 of 13. So if you take that drive away, uh, Bucks were, you know, holding an opponent to 2 for 10 on third downs. That'll get it done. Uh, but on that drive, a lot of third and short, a third and three, a third and six, a third and eight. Uh, Bortles kept moving the chains and as a result was able to leave the game with a 14-7 lead. Uh, so in talking to Levante David after the game, uh, his main takeaway from this was, first of all, that he thought the twos played great. It had all those turnovers from Hargraves, from Ryan Smith, from Jonathan Banks, uh, but felt like the number one defense uh, all offseason, they've been talking about getting off the field, about when you have a third down situation, stepping up, taking advantage of that opportunity to end a drive, um, and they didn't do a good job of it on that drive. So again, just something else to think about. I think the defense as a whole has played well. Uh, We probably didn't see the same pressure on the quarterback that we saw when they had four sacks in the first half against the Eagles. Uh, Only sack kind of came on a blitz later in the game on Saturday night. Uh, So again, things are going to come and go here. The running game will look bad one week, will look good the next. Uh, Different things are important based on what this team is trying to figure out and what the uh, defense has given them. I did think that Mike Glennon looked better. Uh, Glennon had a rough first game against the Eagles. Uh, you know, had a bad pick. Uh, this time I thought it looked good. You know, got the ball, got a chance to uh, put them ahead in the final minute of the first half, and uh, got a touchdown to Mike James. It looked good there. Um, you know, I think Glennon, you know, for him right now, it's just shaking off the rust. Hasn't played very much in the last year. He finished 11 of 19 for 120 with a touchdown. 
easily the best outing of the three Bucks quarterbacks. Uh, so, I mean, again, he's, he's going to be the backup quarterback. It's just what kind of confidence the Bucks have in him going into things here. Uh, looking ahead, you're listening to this on a Monday probably. The Bucks have a closed practice. Uh, the media gets to see the first half hour, but not open to the public at one place. They will have a practice at 12.55 Monday afternoon. Uh, open locker room for the first time at 11.30. So looking forward to that. Open locker room is a good chance to catch up with uh, supporting cast guys, uh, bubble guys right now with cuts coming up. So we'll have more on that. And then the Cleveland Browns are in town. Uh, just as the Bucks had joint practices with the Jaguars last week in Jacksonville, uh, they will be playing host to the Cleveland Browns for joint practices on Tuesday and Wednesday. Lots of storylines we'll get to tomorrow on the Browns with RG3 in town. Uh, Josh McCown gets to make his return to Tampa. Pat Murray, a guy who was cut loose after the drafting of Roberto Aguayo, is now perhaps in position to be the Browns kicker. Uh, Really happy for Pat Murray uh, coming off an ACL, showing himself to be healthy and and much the same kicker the Bucs had in 14. Uh, I think he made his extra point in the Browns, early in the Browns uh, game of this weekend. And then Travis Coons, his his main competition, missed his extra point. So he might have a leg up for that. Obviously, Murray's got to close it out strong in these last two games. But that would be neat for him if he can land on his feet uh, and get the Browns kicking job. So lots more coming with that. Josh Gordon is here. Joe Hayden is coming here. Uh, Joe Thomas. Lots of big names that will be good individual tests for the Bucs, both in practice this week and then in the game on Friday night. Uh, Cuts are coming uh, a week from Tuesday, eight days from now. The NFL has to make their first cuts from 90 to 75. Um, again, those are, are kind of those easy cuts. Usually it's it's last in, first out type cuts. So some of these guys that have just joined the Bucks in training camp as injury replacements, uh, they're, probably the, they're probably the easiest guys to, to look at. We always try and look at the snap counts in the preseason. Uh, if you're not playing very much in a preseason game, it means one of two things. Uh, the good side of things is that it means you're a starter and they wanted to get you off the field. So we saw, uh, actually, starters played as much as uh, 30, 35 plays on Saturday night. Uh, Winston had 33. The starting defense generally had 25 plays across the board. Um, But if you're not getting in a preseason game, even in the fourth quarter or until late in the fourth quarter, you're not in this team's plans. Um, Everything about preseason games is about evaluating talent, giving players chances to shine on the field. Uh, So if you're not getting that opportunity... It, it means they've already kind of written you off. Uh, so there's already a handful of names. As we look down uh, at the snap counts from Saturday night and, and just the guys that had very limited participation, Andre Davis, uh, receiver from UCF, who was, sorry, USF, sorry, uh, who, uh, you know, was on the Bucks practice squad last year uh, on the outside looking in. Andre only had four snaps on Saturday night. So I think he's probably first on the list. They've got... 11 receivers on that roster, so you think one or two of those are probably going to go in this first wave of cuts. Uh, so again, you have to think Andre Davis might be the first there. Uh, either Bernard Reedy or Freddie Martino might have to go. I think Martino had 23 snaps on Saturday. Only had one pass thrown his way and didn't catch it. So his time could be running out there as well. Uh, you make it past that first cut to 75, then you're kind of in good position to maybe at least have a practice squad spot. Um, they're going to fill out the roster with 53 players, but then they'll have 10, 10 guys that are here as a practice squad player. Uh, that's still a six-figure job. Usually that the first guy they look to if there's an injury is promoting somebody on the practice squad who is ready to step in, is familiar with the offense and the defense, those kind of things. 
so right away, those names are Andre Davis, uh, Martin Ifedi, who was a defensive end that just came in uh, after George Johnson got hurt. I think Ifedi had five snaps on Saturday. He's not going to make this team. Uh, two guys in the secondary that didn't play a single snap on defense. Uh, safety Camario McFadden and cornerback Daniel Davey. They're both probably among those initial cuts. Uh, Joel Hale, who's the last line, last offensive lineman coming in, uh, he actually got 21 snaps on Saturday. But as you start winnowing things down, they've got 14 linemen right now. They're probably only going to keep uh, nine. So again, Joel Hale, uh, guys like Kelby Johnson, they're probably on the outside looking in there. And then I'm curious to see what the first cut is at linebacker. Uh, by my count, I have nine guys that played on uh, Saturday. Again, they're only keeping five or six of that group. Uh, so the guys that played the least, again, Casanova McKenzie is a guy we've talked a ton about. Uh, was supposed to make a flash, splash as an undrafted rookie. Was missed, uh, sorry, missed two weeks of practice with a hamstring injury. Only played one snap on Saturday. He definitely needs to get into that game Friday against Cleveland and, and make a splash. Because if he doesn't, he's running out of time. Um, Jeremiah George, a guy that was on this team all of last season, a special teams guy, only had four snaps uh, running with the threes on the on defense on Saturday. So Jeremiah, good kid who's a Clearwater native, he needs to show up on Friday as well. Uh, even Micah Awe, who we've written about, Micah's a guy that was uh, an undrafted rookie out of Texas Tech. He only had five snaps. Uh, so again, much more playing time going to Luke Rhodes and Adarius Glanton as the main linebackers in that uh, second-team nickel that they're going to play a lot of. Uh, we always talk about the balance between the playing time. Uh, it looked like about 60% nickel on Saturday and 40% base defense. So again, I mean, the Bucks had Daryl Smith, who would be their starting strong side linebacker, had him out. Uh, Josh Kyes actually got in before Devontae Bond. I think Devontae had a shoulder injury. Uh, so curious about that one. I think Bond is the guy we would expect more likely to be the team's number four linebacker. Uh, but Kai's got in first. Josh Kai's is another guy that's probably on the outside looking in, but has an opportunity here uh, with Bond hurting to get a little bit more playing time. Didn't necessarily pop on Saturday. Uh, so anyway, cuts coming up here. Uh, did have a question I wanted to get to. Uh, we kind of go through so much on these Mondays, catching up on the weekend games that it's hard to get to the mailbox. Uh, but did get an email from Gregory Robbins in Louisville, Kentucky. Certainly missed going to Louisville. Uh, every other year would go there when I was covering USF. Liked Louisville as a road town. Uh, but Gregory asks uh, a question about Charles Sims. Uh, wants to know uh, about Charles. Everyone calls him Chuck, by the way. You will not hear the name Charles spoken in that locker room. Uh, he is Chuck Sims to everybody in that locker room. I don't think we're ready to start calling him Chuck in the paper. Uh, it's kind of like when he went from William Golston to Will Golston. Uh, there's always that like slow acceptance of a nickname. Uh, but if you talk to the Bucks, he's very much Chuck Sims. But wants to know, uh, obviously Charles Sims played very well uh, as a complimentary back, as a second back behind Doug Martin last year. He was over 1,000 yards. I think led all NFL running backs in yards per touch. Had more than 10 yards per touch. Just a great 40-catch uh, pass-catching running back. But wants to know if something were to happen to Doug Martin, uh, how much of a drop-off would there be if Charles Sims had to be their everyday running back? Uh, Doug Martin obviously finished second in the NFL in rushing, so I think there's going to be some drop-off. Um, and I think Sims has really shined in that complementary role. Not as a third down back, but just as a every third series change of pace back. Uh, Charles Sims is an exceptional pass-catching running back. I would put him 
among the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL, and I think that's only going to increase this year. I think you're going to see him uh, getting 10 to 15 snaps a game as a true wide receiver, not a running back that flares out to the slot, but as a wide receiver. I think when people talk about all the trouble with the Bucks' receiver depth, who's going to be the third and fourth receiver, don't forget that Charles Sims is going to get time at running at, at receiver. Um, you know, I think the idea of having Doug Martin and Charles Sims both in the game gives them speed on the field, gives them more options. And if Sims is is lining up in the slot, lining up at receiver, that speed on a wheel route is something that defenses are going to have to account for. How well would he uh, handle being an every down back, being a 20 carry back? That's a good question. I think he'd be fine with it. And I think they'd probably adjust. I think he'd probably get less touches and carries than Doug would as a primary running back. Uh, but certainly if something happened to Doug right now, could be a thousand yard running back, could give you another 500 yards in catches. Uh, and I think the Bucks would be in good shape there. You know, they've got two more years with Charles Sims uh, before he's a free agent. And it'll be interesting to see the dynamic of how those two continue to be used in concert with each other. Uh, this is, you know, with the two of them, this is one of the best running attacks and one of the best backfields in the NFL. Um, and even as the pass game improves this year, even as Vincent Jackson and Austin Safarian Jenkins, as they get healthy, uh, as the pass game becomes even more of this offense, I think this will be a prolific running game. And again, you know, what this offense starts with is is running the ball and setting up play action, all those kind of things. So good question from Louisville. Thank you, Gregory. Uh, we'll get to more questions. If you have questions, again, just to remind what we said earlier in the podcast, uh, please shoot us an email. Uh, LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to get your emails there. Shoot us uh, a question on Twitter, a comment on Twitter. I uh, want to know what you thought of that game on Saturday night, who stood out to you, who impressed you. Uh, we'll probably be in better shape for a longer mailbag on Tuesday's podcast, which would be episode 17. Thank you guys again. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up here, but uh, again, very excited to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, you guys have one of the better audiences in terms of building up traffic and listens and downloads. Can listen here on Audio Boom. Can listen on iTunes, on Google Play, on many of the sites where you get uh, your best uh, sports podcasts. So thank you guys so much. I will wrap things up. We'll have more uh, previewing the first joint practices with the Browns on Tuesday morning. But for now, I'm going to wrap things up for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Talk to you guys tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff by singing "Dog." Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.